Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, if you're listening to that sound, you know what it means. It's Attitude Air Live Monday, Live Monday, here on 89.1 Ken's FM. We're here. We're breaking down the door to the studio. We're in it. We brought, uh, well, we didn't bring chairs or any weapons, but uh, we're ready to step in the ring for another fun Monday night. And with me, as always, is the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you, sir? Well, after uh, a couple weeks ago, I had one of the best matches of my career so far and had a great week of wrestling. Last weekend, I got a nice little, kind of a little bit of a break, but I still had some training and uh, had a nice relaxing weekend after that. And now I'm ready to do another live show here on 89.1 Ken's FM. So it was a better match than being a human pincushion? Well, in technical wise, I would say yes, because not only was it – it was labeled the match of the night by all the veterans and the promoter, his wife, and the crowd. So I think uh, I think we did pretty well uh, in WGW, I would say. So you had to pay a lot of people off to call it that. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I actually had to just take off my shirt, and people loved it, apparently. So, Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, I do apologize to everybody for my voice. Uh, I had a long weekend. My uh, we had my father's not that anybody cares, but we had my father's uh, 80th uh, birthday party, and uh, I was the MC, and uh, we were I was trying to hype up the crowd that was there, and I think I may have overdid it. Plus, I haven't slept in about four days, so I, I'm working on it. But anyway, with all that being said, we're gonna have a fun show. We got a good show on uh, with us tonight, of course, as always. Let's just kind of go ahead and give a little rundown who we got. We got uh, Donna Lee Heising. We have Angel Reed, and we had Adam Woods. Now, of course, Adam Woods is a top podcaster. Angel Reed is a up-and-coming independent wrestler, and Donna Lee Helsing or Heising, she was in uh, such hit movies as Blade Runner. I'm sure everybody remembers that. And she was also in, let's just kind of run down a few things that she was in. So uh, so our buddy Matthias will know what to talk to you about. Uh, let's see. She was in, she's been in Blade Runner. She was in uh, Matt Houston. She was in St. Elsewhere, Fantasy Island, My Science Project. I remember uh, that was one of my favorite movies. She was with Magnum P.I. and a list of others. Play by Play, The Alien's Wife, a great TV series. So we're going to talk to her about that. I, I, I can't wait to ask her, though, about my science project. I don't know if you remember ever seeing that show, that movie back in the day, Matthias, but it starred uh, Fisher Stevens, uh, about a kid that uh, finds a uh, old, uh, I guess an old alien engine uh, in an abandoned field. And he turns that into a science project. They hook it up, and all of a sudden they're doing all this kind of time traveling, and there's all these kind of time warps and everything. So it was a fun movie. If you haven't ever seen it, I would recommend going to see it. Okay. And, uh, I mean, there was, you know, a host of other stars, too. 
why uh what's his name uh that was in it um slips my mind at this point but let me just pull it up here and i can uh john stockwell uh fisher stevens daniel von zemek who of course was uh, she played donna in la bamba and a host of others so i'm going to ask her about that we'll ask her of course uh i'm sure you've seen blade runner correct oh yeah yeah we'll ask her about blade runner and we'll ask her about all the other projects that she's going on. She's got, uh, get this, she's got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 movies in pre-production. She's got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 movies she's filming. And she's got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 movies in post-production and six that have been completed. So wow, I'm trying to figure out how how she has time to be on our show, but I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I was going to say, does. yeah, that's pretty incredible. As a matter of fact, I think that uh, where she's calling from tonight, she'll be live on set. So, okay, we'll ask her about that, and uh, we'll we'll have a lot of fun. So everything should be fun. And uh, what else is new with you? What else you got coming up as far as the matches and stuff like that? Well, the unfortunate part is uh, a lot of my matches have been canceling on me recently. A lot of the promoters have uh, decided to cancel the shows or, you know, release the booking. Uh, But currently, as it stands, uh, let me see here. I will be, let me see if I can check this really fast. I've got uh, September 10th, I'll be at Below Zero Wrestling in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Uh, the 15th and 16th of September, I will be in Minot for supposedly Steel Domain Pro Wrestling. Uh, first time ever working for there. Uh, the 17th, I'll be in Moorhead, Minnesota for one of BGW's bigger shows. Uh, one for the vets on the 17th in Moorhead, Minnesota. And then I don't have any bookings currently until October 23rd, uh, November 12th, 25th, and then December 17th. Uh, I'm, I'm in works with a few other promotions to book me on shows. I just haven't gotten any uh, confirmation messages from any of them quite yet. So, Now, ha- have you been, or is it coming up where you, uh, when you go work with the chief, the guy that was on our show? Yeah, I, I, I talked to him about coming on to his show, or coming on one of his shows, and he's invited me. Um, I've accepted the invite. I just haven't, with my... Excuse me. With my wrestling kicking off as much as it recently has, I haven't had much of an opportunity to find a time to come down to South Carolina where he's at and wrestle for him. But it would definitely be uh, an honor to go and wrestle with him. I'm still in talks with him. It's just it's been forever because my wrestling has just all of a sudden decided to to kick up a notch to go all over the states. So. Well, you know, you're your own guy, and we know that you're doing everything by yourself. But, you know, I'm led to believe that this show might have a little bit to do with that as well because we're getting you out there. Well, absolutely. Like, I get to talk to certain promoters, guests, that kind of thing. I know we talked to a promoter a couple of weeks ago that you were you uh, that you that knew quite well. Or I don't know if you knew him quite well, but he was on our show for just a tiny bit, and we were talking about wrestling. And I remember him saying, you know, he doesn't want uh, local guys or indie talent, but uh, I think once he gets a taste of what the modern nightmares we call me on here uh, has to offer, I think he's going to be begging for me to come back onto his show once he gets me an opportunity. Well, oh, I I know exactly who you're talking about. And, uh, well, 
uh, until uh, we get some residuals, he will remain anonymous. But I have talked to him recently. Okay. And I know that uh, you 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 did come up, and I know that uh, he's 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 more than lukewarm about it about having you. Uh, do uh, some things for him. So, and especially after my show at WGW last a uh, couple weeks ago, man, I can't see why nobody else wants me, or I can't see why nobody else would want me to jump on their shows. They would be begging for Matthias to come on their program. And uh, we uh, we usually have uh, a third wheel here with us. Uh, unfortunately, Granny is uh, a l- little under the weather, so she will be back next week. And no, Sylvester J. Fox did not pay us to keep her off the air. And no, he's not come because uh, Granny has warned him. I, I I actually know what wrestler she's uh, hired, uh, and I'm going to keep that a wraps. But I know what uh, wrestler she's hired to take him on. So uh, maybe that'll be revealed in the next couple weeks. But we'll see. Because apparently she's threatening me with him, with him or her or it or whatever too. So I'm willing to. I'm waiting to find out myself. This isn't just. Uh, just the fans. I, I need to know. I want to know who she's uh, she's hired as the hit person to come fight me and Sylvester J. Fox. Well, I I, I don't think they they'd be fighting you. I think they'd just be fighting Sylvester J. Fox. Well, I mean, when Sylvester J. Fox comes on the show and he gets some really good views, and you know, I'm I'm working my way to possibly be a sly guy. You know, I I have not seen gold yet in Below Zero Wrestling, and so far Sylvester J. Fox's guys have gotten opportunities. And uh, you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta poke the bear. You gotta make a little sacrifice, and you gotta join somebody. I know Granny may not like it, um, but you know, if if I become a sly guy and I get gold, then that benefits me. And then when I come down to Ozark Mountain Wrestling down in Arkansas, where I've been invited gratuitously by Granny and the promoter, I can uh, bring my shiny new my shiny new championship belt and flash it off in her face, saying, "Hey." When you don't, when you buy in, you get gold. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I would love to. It would, it would be cool for you to go down there. I just can't see that. Uh, you know, Granny doesn't like the heels, and everybody knows that you're the number one heel this side of uh, the Red River. But I just can't see her uh, booing you at all because we all work together. Well, you know, when like, because here on this show. Matthias is kind of dumbed down a little bit. Matthias, well, not dumbed down. He's uh, he's leveled down a little bit. When Matthias comes out to the ring, if like I mentioned at my show in B, uh, WGW a couple weeks ago, an old lady decided to uh, poke me with her cane while I was entering the ring. And if you want to look it up, I can send the link out. It's on YouTube. But I totally demolished this granny. And she's even older than, or I think she might be around the same age as Granny Hulkster. So, you know, when Matthias comes out 100% at a show, it's going to be a whole completely different story. I think Granny's going to try to let me have it, and I'm just going to shut her down, and I'm going to go do what I do in the ring, walk out, mess with her again, and then leave, come back to North Dakota with a story to tell. And you guys would be talking about that on the air, which would be really, really awesome. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I I think that would be uh, that would that would bring the uh, that would bring the ratings uh, uh, to the show. Well, not that we need any, but it would definitely. Any publicity is good publicity. Right. So it looks like our our first guest is waiting in the wings. So here's what we're going to do here. We're going to take a quick little commercial break here from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to go to our guest, and we're going to have some fun, and then we'll be back after we hear this. 
And uh, everybody stay tuned because a great interview is on the way. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Which brings me to Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the greatest actress to ever grace the small screen and the big screen and this show, and she's got a lot of projects going on right now that she's going to talk to us about. She's the reason why all these uh, TV shows became hits, and she's also the reason why Blade Runner was as popular as it was. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our guest at this time as she walks down the aisle and steps into the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Donna Lee Heising. Oh, well, thank you for that great introduction. Um, Hello, I'm Donna Lee Heising. You are listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday show on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. That's awesome. How are you, Donna? Good to have you with us. Oh, thank you. Well, to be perfectly honest, I'm very nervous. <laughs> I'm just well, you know, you know. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, guests are nervous when they're on the air with the icon and the modern nightmare. But uh, I'll tell you what, we'll we'll cur- we'll, um, we'll curb those nerves uh, right quick here. Basically, what we, what I want to have you do here is if you give us a quick little background about yourself, and then I'll, I'll ask you a few questions. Then we'll then we'll do a roundtable. Then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you a some tougher questions, and we'll just have a little fun. So give us a little background about yourself first. Okay, well, um, I've been an actress for many, many years and a member of SAG for many years. Um, I have a Bachelor's of Science in Business Management from Pepperdine and an MBA. So I started out uh, years ago in films, in in huge films, because when I started out, there were only like the three networks and huge films. And then I took a break and uh, I went into technology marketing and I became a vice president of marketing for um, software and hardware companies. And then a little more than 10 years ago, I came back to the business and I love that. Um, things are going really great this year and I'm just, Really honored to be on your show. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, we do appreciate you taking uh, time on your schedule. And I know that uh, I said that we were going to have you on for 30 minutes, but with all the stuff that uh, you have uh, completed, currently filming, in pre production, uh, uh, and announced, we have a lot to talk about. But the first thing I'm going to talk about, and then we'll 
basically uh, what me and Matthias are going to do is usually uh, I ask a few questions, and then uh, I do a roundtable, and then we come back to me. But uh, since there's only uh, two of us tonight, uh, we're going to do a little different. I'm going to ask a question, and then if Matthias has a question, he'll ask, and then uh, so on and so forth. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun here. But the first thing I want to talk about, your very first uh, thing on the docket, uh, from 1982, you were in Blade Runner. Now, if you just think, if they wouldn't have cast you in that movie, it wouldn't have been a hit. I mean, I know Harrison Ford was in it, but you're the reason why it was a hit, correct? Uh, no, <laughs> not quite. I mean, I think uh, you'll see me on screen for about two seconds, but it's an amazing film, and I'm just so honored to have been cast in it. I worked on that film for at least a month, and it was my first job, and I was a dancer in it. Um, I've been taking ballet and uh, jazz my whole life, so I was one of the cage dancers in it, and then I played prostitute also, and it was just amazing because it was such a huge film. I mean, it was directed by Ridley Scott that they built a whole set. And it was like a, a Chinatown set, and we worked at night, and there's there these bright lights, and smoke was going through, and there's a cast of thousands, and I was really excited. Uh, the one thing I do remember, and this, you know, obviously this is a long time ago, but I remember being on the set when Daryl Hannah's stunt couple did her backflip. And and that was just amazing. So I actually oh, I've gotten, Go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I've gotten a lot of press uh, this year because I think it's the um anniversary of the film. So I got contacted by the Film Historical Society and they wanted me to attend a screening of the film and they wanted me to come on stage with the rest of the main cast, and I said no, <laughs> you know, because because my part was just so small. But I I wanted to go. I mean, I was go I was going to show up and just watch the film again. But then I got a film, so I had I just had to miss the whole thing, and I um I really regret that. Well, you know, I I, I just I'm just kind of curious, uh, and I know that our fans are wondering what is it like working with. Uh, Indiana Jones. Um, you know, I wish I knew. I mean, I, I know that he's very intense and focused, and um, obviously he was on the set the whole time that we were there, but I didn't have any scenes with him. I was just, I was, it was my first film, so I was really in awe of Ridley Scott because um, I think you know my uncle is Tak Fujimoto, he was the DP yes. of Silence of the Lambs in Philadelphia and took sense. Well, my uncle really respected Ridley Scott, and I think probably everyone in the business does. So I was very aware of who he was, and I knew who Daryl Hannah was. And, um, you know, obviously I, I knew about um, uh, Indiana Jones, <laughs> you know, that I saw, I watched them in action. I didn't have any scenes with, with them, but it was just, 
exciting to be in that atmosphere. I mean, you know, big films, there's just no, um, there's no way you can describe the atmosphere. Um, And that's what I'm trying so hard these days to get back into films like that or to get back into network films, which I used to be in, or, or to get back on the streaming channels. Because it's a whole different ballgame. You know, I mean, it's a different ballgame from indie films to these huge productions. Now, our fans that are listening to this know that I'm not just saying this because you were in, you were actually in two of my all-time favorite movies. And I want to talk to you about those, and uh, we'll have Matthias ask a few questions, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask a few, and then we'll go back and forth. But you were in two of my all-time favorite films. You were in My Science Project, uh, with Fisher Stevens, uh, and uh, you were also in Big Trouble in Little China. I want to know, being in, because I remember you being the, the sorceress in My Science Project. As a matter of fact, that's one of those uh, scenes where you uh, stop, pause, rewind, slow-mo, pause, rewind, slow-mo, uh, because you, you, you had a great costume in that movie, but... What was it like being part of my science project? Well, it was amazing. You know, obviously it was a major film. I think uh, Fisher Stevens uh, went out with Michelle Pfeiffer for a while uh, before she married um, her her current husband. Um, And he was so funny that it was, you know, it was not quite – the same as Blade Runner because with Blade Runner they built the whole Chinatown on the set, but it was major and and um, it was an incredible set. And on that film, I only worked. Uh, you know, it's so hard to remember all of this because you know it was years ago. But I think on that film, I only worked at the most five days, um, and and. And since you saw it, you know, I'm on screen for a split second again. I mean, in those days, I worked on huge films, but I had small roles in them. Uh, but I considered myself lucky to be on those sets and to work on well, yeah, plus, plus, plus in my science project, you, you, you know, Dennis Hopper was also in that movie as the, as the crazy uh, science teacher. And the the fact that you you actually got to be uh, on a film with Dennis Hopper and Fisher Stevens and uh, a host of others, uh, and you know, and then Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, I know that you 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 know you had a you know you had a brief role in that as well. But the fact that you were still in the movie and you got to be with you know Kurt Russell uh, in one of the uh, biggest uh, movies of his career at the time. The the interesting yes. thing about what people. What people don't know about Big Trouble in Little China is it did poorly in the theaters. It it, it was uh, considered a box office bomb. Then it went to video, and then it really hit its stride. Then it made its most money because more people were able to see you uh, than, uh, than on the big screen. They were able to stop, rewind, pause, slow-mo your appearance in the movie a lot more than on the big screen compared to VHS which is why it became such a big hit, because you were in it. Well, not really, because I played one of the priestesses, uh, and there were a lot of us with James Hong, and I think it was Kim Cattrall, 
and she was his right-hand man, I think. So there right. were a lot of in that scene, but that's another one. I worked on it at least two weeks. You know, and in those days, I had dark hair, and um, I, I did a lot of those types of films where where I played um, Asian characters, and I played a lot of Asian prostitutes on shows like Bring Them Back Alive and um, uh, The Gold, I think it was The Gold Monkey. I mean, they're just, and the first MacGyver. I mean, it, those shows were just so exciting to work on, and I almost always got a bigger part because if you play a prostitute, you know, I mean, it's like it draws, I mean, it would be a PG prostitute because it was on a network show. But, right. um, you know, it's like you have a bigger part because you're playing a certain character. Um, so I was I was very, very lucky to have had that, that kind of um, character under my belt. Uh, we and have uh, I, Donnelly Heisings, our guest here. We're on 89.1 Kids FM. we got uh, 23 minutes officially, but we may keep her longer because we have a lot of stuff. But uh, now I want to uh, – Donna, I want to introduce you to um, one of your uh, – another one of your big fans. His name is Matthias, and uh, I know he's got a few questions for you. Uh, so, Matthias, what do you have, have for our guest, Ms. Heising? And uh, we have, uh, well, 22 minutes unofficially. Go ahead. What do you got? Well, first off, I want to welcome you on to the show. Yes, you are talking to the modern nightmare, the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's <laughs> worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, Matthias, here. Uh, welcome to the show. I guess um, my main question for you right now would be, because I, I looked through um, your genre, or your, not genre, your plethora of projects you've been involved with, and I see there's been kind of like a... Uh, a uh, definitely a plethora of genres you've been involved with. What would you say was one of your favorite genres of projects you've ever been able to work with? Comedy, horror, anything like that? Well, yeah, oh, that's a great question because a lot of people, since I came back, um, I've done a lot of horror projects. So people think that I'm a screen queen, but I'm definitely not. I mean, I have an AA degree in theater arts, and I went up to UC Berkeley and took acting there. So, and and then I took um, I was with uh, uh, Vermont and Company uh, Theater Group for for a long time. So I have studied a lot, and my favorite genre is comedy. I, I think. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you uh, saw Garden Party Massacre. It was Gregory Blair's, and I think it was from maybe three years ago. Um, but I got to put it's it's actually a, a horror comedy, but my character is just really crazy, and and so it's a it's a kind of physical comedy, and that really is my favorite, I think. Okay, cool. And it, like, what was one of your favorite? Um, was that uh, the one you just mentioned? Was that one of your favorite roles in a comedy film, or was there another one that you think uh, would have topped it? Um, that is one of my favorite roles because I think it was my breakthrough role. Because it, it was when I came back, I was just taking everything to get used to being on set again. And mm-hmm. um, when I came back, the 
industry was just so different. I mean, anybody could make a film because of the the cameras, the digital cameras. So mm-hmm. um, the sets were just completely different. And um, Garden Party Massacre has won a million awards because Gregory Blair is so talented. He has, I think he has a master's from UCLA in theater arts, but he also was, he went to um, Oxford University in the UK, and he's a perfectionist. So every aspect, even though Garden Party Massacre is an indie film, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a quality film, and I'm really proud of being in it. And um, I think it was my big breakthrough because it was my biggest role um, to that point. And I'm, I'm really grateful to Gregory for giving it to me because people found out I could act. You know, before yeah. I was playing a lot of, um, well, you know, I'm a swimsuit model. And, and um, so I was getting a lot of those type of roles and um I don't know if people really knew that I could act, but after Garden Party Massacre, um, I think everyone who saw it realized that I could, that I was trained mm-hmm. in it. Well, so you I know, I'll that. tell you what. Go ahead, sorry. Uh-huh. I liked that role, but one role that from from the old days was I did play Cleo the Snake Dancer on Magnum P.I., and... I thought it was going to be my big breakthrough. I mean, I was so excited. And I got to dance with a snake. I think it was a python. But it was a huge snake. Yes, it was. Trainer. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, so, but, and I mean, I don't really like snakes, but I could, you know, I was just really happy to get the opportunity. So um, I did this whole dance with this python. Because they couldn't film in Hawaii. They couldn't bring snakes to Hawaii. So, I mean, it was really a huge role when I filmed it. Um, And I did think it was my big breakthrough. And I got a great agent through that. But when I saw the final film, and it was for the last Magnum P.I. So, I mean, it, it was really a huge opportunity. But they cut it down. Um, to me, being on this huge billboard on the side of, uh, of a building and Magnum sitting in front of it. So nobody got to see me dance with the snake. You see me in the swimsuit with the, with the um, python. So As a matter of fact, was, in, that role, in that role, you played Cleo the Snake Dancer. Please. And uh, yes. it was, uh, the episode was Resolution Part 1. And... Uh, I mean, I, I don't like snakes either. I, you know, uh, uh, you know, for me, not that anybody cares, but unless it's uh, if it's got uh, if it's not a dog or a cat, it's got uh, more than four legs or it doesn't have any legs at all. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, and if it's got more than four legs, I definitely don't like it. So that includes bugs, snakes, whatever. But the fact that uh, in Magnum PI. The the very last episode before the show was, you know, done, uh, you got to be in the very last episode. And everybody always remembers the very last episode, the, the sign-off, if you will. 
And the fact that, you know, you know, let me ask you this. You said you don't like snakes, but you had to dance with this snake. What did you do to get over your fear of being with the snake? Well, I don't think I was You know, I really didn't know what a python could do at that time. Um, you know, you're just so grateful for the opportunity that you don't, you don't think about the danger. And it's, it's not that I dislike snakes. It's just that it was a little bit scary because the snake was huge. Um, but, I, you know, I just wanted to dance. And, and Magnum P.I. was one of my favorite shows. Um, and so I was, I was just really happy to do it. Um, now, I watch Shark Week, and I, I mean, I love watching Shark Week, but there's no way that I would go and do a scene with a shark. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's something completely different. Well, you know, and, I'll tell you what, I, uh, I, I, definitely, I definitely don't blame you for that. Uh, I mean, Matthias, I know, I know you're a pretty tough guy. I mean, you, you've, uh, you went tooth and nail with uh, a, a table full of thumbtacks, but would you take on a snake or a uh, shark? Well, absolutely. Uh, actually, to uh, when I was younger, I actually caught snakes for fun. Uh, I would go. I mean, granted, some of them were garter snakes, some of them were other snakes. Um, uh, I, I haven't really interacted much with snakes recently, but I think it'd be kind of cool to interact with that. And then one of my actual uh, things I'd like to do in the future would actually be to be with a swim with a shark, um, probably like in a cage, like do kind of those yeah. shark cages and that kind of thing. I think that'd be pretty cool just to get involved and watch them just be in their natural habitat. Of course, you know, I wouldn't like chum the water or anything to get them enraged, but like if there was a shark infested water, they said, Hey, get in this cage. I like to take, as I always tell people, when an opportunity presents itself, I take it. I, I like to I like to take it and just run with it. So if somebody said, "Hey, get in this get in this uh, this cage," there's going to be a couple of great white sharks swimming around you. I'd be like, "Okay, you know, cool. I I, I take the opportunity myself." <laughs> okay. Matthias well, fears I, I, absolutely no one or well, nothing. Well, you know, Matthias, uh, Granny Hogshaw would say that yes, you have worked with a snake before. You you did work with a Sylvester J. Fox. Yes, but he's more of an intelligent snake. He doesn't, uh, him and I kind of can go kind of like Jake the Snake Roberts. We will mentally mess with you, whereas a uh, a snake, uh, an animal snake, will uh, will attempt to kill you and make you his meal. So, you know, it's kind of a different thing, but, you know, when the, but the snakes are crafty. They're very smart. They're very creative. So I guess... I can almost take that as a compliment in a way. You know, uh, uh, we have uh, Donnelly Heising as our, our guest here. We have uh, 12 minutes officially, and uh, if if uh, we're supposed to have three guests tonight, so I have not heard. I've heard from our third guest. I haven't heard from our second guest. So, uh, Don, would you be willing to stick with us uh, a while longer? Uh, I know I I said we only gave him 30 minutes, but would you be willing to stick on longer if we uh, if we need you? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Okay, so uh, we're going to talk about that because uh, we get all our information here from imdb.com here on our show. And uh, here is uh, what the stats say right now. 
you have five films that have been completed. You have five films in post-production. You have four films filming. You have 20 in pre-production. You have two announced. Uh, with all this stuff going on, uh, one, we we definitely appreciate you taking time off uh, your schedule, telling the director that, hey, I'm going to go do the Icon show, uh, so you're going to have to wait uh film somebody else uh and then you know uh, then i'll come back after the interview but so with all this stuff going on uh like for instance you have you know it's listed as uh, you having uh five films filming right now uh are you are you working on what film are you working on right now because it says right now filming is cadillac respect cyborg rise of the flesh eaters film fiend mob humor 2022 the bench the house that zombies built, and Night Town, and who's going to take care of me? So I uh, and uh, American Trash, PTSD, A Soldier's Revenge, and The Witches of the Sand. So are you working on any of those right now, or are they, or have you filmed all the scenes for those spots yet? Well, actually, I'm leaving for North Carolina next week to film um, Denny and uh, Garofalo. John Brony's Mob Humor, and I'm playing Tiffany. I'm playing Tom Sizemore's girlfriend, so I'm really excited about that. So I'm leaving on the 22nd, and I'll be there for a week filming that. So I, that's coming up. With PTSD, I filmed that last summer, and it starred Robert Lissardo and Oksana Lada and Daniel Baldwin and uh, a bunch of other stars. I, I'm really, I have to say, I am really, really grateful to have as my agent, um, Diana Carter. I've been with her for um, maybe eight months now, and she's taken my career to a whole new level because she handles Daniel Baldwin and um, Tom Sizemore and... Um, and stars, and that's my goal for for the rest of my career is to work on quality projects with stars, to work on sad projects. Um, I'm five, of course, so I can work on anything. But um, I, you know, it's like um, I the last couple of years I've really worked on upping my game, and Diana has been uh, a huge help with that. Um, I did PTSD for Diana. I'm going back. Uh, I did this hilarious miniseries called Recipes for Love, and that stars Daniel Baldwin and Nicholas Turturro. We filmed that last year in Pennsylvania, and I'm going back for the premiere on September 18th um, because Diana asked me to. Um, so, so. Um, that's another one. It's a series, so I'm a regular on the series, and we're going to start filming uh, uh, the second year soon. Um, like I said, PTSD was for Diana. Recipes for Love was for Diana. Um, I'm supposed to be fil- filming uh Dust off for Diana, and I think that's going to be in September sometime in Las Vegas. And I'm really excited because I'm playing the goddess Athena 
in a huge film called Deuce that will probably be filmed next year, and we're filming in Thailand. And that's another project that Diana has. So I am just so incredibly lucky that Diana is who she is. She's a veteran, and she works harder than anyone I know. And um, I, You know, it's with Diana as my agent, I know that I'm always going to be working on quality projects. And um, it, didn't, it wasn't always like this. So, I mean, I, I am very grateful. Now, do you think uh, you'd be uh, you think you'd be able to hook us up with Diana? Uh, maybe she might uh, be a guest on our show. Um, I can ask her. She's she's like ten times busier than I am, but um, I think that she should be on the show because she is incredible. I mean, she just never stops working. She has two beautiful children, Akira and Toby, who are in the business. I think they're ten and twelve. And they started a company called uh, Think Military Kids for Kids or, or something like that. And that's, I'm filming Dust Off for that production company. So her children are already producers in the business. I mean, she has so much to talk about. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm actually, I'm going to see Diana on September 18th. Um, I am going to be honest. Like, when you get to be fairly successful, you have a lot of people who stalk you, and every time a film is announced, they'll go to the producer and they'll say you're they're your friend and um, try to get on the same production. And so if it happens to me, and I'm just an actress, I know that it happens to Diana a lot. And I know that everybody who follows me has tried to get with Diana because they've seen what she's done for my career. And I will say that she's impossible to get hold of because she has a bunch of people working for her who get all the messages and the emails. So it's not going to do any good if you contact Diana yourself, you know, unless she asks you to. But I'm going to see her. Um, She's the one who asked me, actually, to go to this premiere. Um, And and so I'm going to see, um, I'm going to the premiere with her and Akira and Toby. So I'll tell her about the show. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, we would appreciate that. Uh, We have... uh... Uh, we have the great uh, actress uh, Donna Lee he- Heising here with us on 89.1 Kins FM. And uh, for those of you who listen to the show, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Air, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Kins FM page, like that. And do a $10 a month to pile the tower. You'll automatically get qualified to win an autographed picture from a past guest, current guest, and a future guest. As a matter of fact, um, uh, I got uh, the the gift package that Donna sent uh today in the mail and i do appreciate it but uh, apparently my uh, uh you know you put you put in big letters do not bend photos enclosed and apparently my my mailman could not read that because he stuffed it in the mailbox nothing got bent or anything but apparently he can't read but i do appreciate what you sent as a matter of fact uh not that i'm breaking here but she actually sent me a nice Big picture autographed to me 
Uh, and uh, right now, I uh, uh, it's the number one position on my man cave wall right now, and I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I, I do have to say that um, today is my husband's birthday. My husband is a CFP, a certified financial um, practitioner, and um, he's the one who sends my uh, packages. So I know that I know that it was, I mean, there's a bunch of cardboard in there, too. So, and I sent, you, you know, it's like I don't usually send people 8 by 12, but, um, you know, I wanted to send it to you. I, I have a bunch of 4 by 6s because I don't, I get so many requests for pictures, and I don't, I won't charge for them. And so I send small pictures, but... Um, you know, I mean, you were just so nice to me, and you made that great ad for me. So um, I wanted to send you the pictures that I had. Well, you know, I tell you what, I do appreciate that, and uh, I know that our listeners that uh, are qualified to win the other ones will be uh, will be honored. But I'll tell you what, uh, I know that uh, for some reason uh, we usually have our third, our second guest at this point. But uh, I don't know what happened, but uh, can you hang with us for a little while longer? Yeah. At least another 15 minutes? Okay, perfect. Yeah, All right. I have to uh, the, the uh, films I need to promote. <laughs> okay, now I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to have you promote those, but there's one other mu- uh, music. There's one other movie I want to ask you about real quick, and then uh, we'll, we'll go into uh, promotion mode. I'm talking. I, I want to ask you about the uh, Krampus Carol. Uh, it's in post production. You play the ghost of Christmas cheer, and you also oh, have another Christmas movie called uh, another Christmas movie called Xmas, where you play the trial clinical nurse. So let's talk about uh, real quick the Krampus Carol. Uh, is that like some kind of like a spoof or a parody of the Christmas Carol? I'm guessing. Yeah, it's kind of a parody of it, but it's. A fantastic film. It's the Krampus Carol, and I did play the ghost, the ghost of Christmas, um, past, present, and future, and it was a great acting part. And um, the filmmaker is Jake Zelch, and he he is just really fantastic. We shot it in, um, I believe it was. Oh my gosh! I have my resume in front of me, but I think it was Missouri. So do I. It's 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 it. it your resume is like eight pages long. <laughs> well, I, I'm pretty sure it was in Missouri, and he got a bed and breakfast for us because I was filming with the great Helen Udi, who is a star. I mean, she was uh, a prostitute on. Um, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman for five years with Jane Seymour. And so it, it's an incredible film that, and, and I do, I think um, if you look it up on Facebook, you can see the trailer to it and you can just see how incredible the film is going to be, but it hasn't gotten released yet. And I, I'm not sure what happened. Um, Jake adopted a baby girl a couple of years ago and I know he is the best 
he's always posting about her online. So I don't know if that's gotten into the way of, you know, editing the film or not, because I know he's the editor on it. Um, but it's never been released, and it should be, because it's going to be an incredible film. It had um, a great script. So yeah, it's like listed it, as... Uh... It's listed as being in uh, post-production and is saying that the release date is in 2023, according to IMDb. I hope so. Well, if you're on Facebook, there is a page, a movie page called The Krampus Carol. So if you look that up, you can see a bunch of scenes from the film. You can see a bunch of pictures, um, and you can see the trailer, and you can see what a great film it's going to be. You know, you know what's interesting about that. You know, I'm surprised they didn't call me uh, uh, to be in that movie because, uh, uh, you know, a little sidebar here. When I, um, my, I, you know, my sisters back in the day, you know, they, uh, uh, they, they wrote a letter to Santa, dear Santa, we'd like to have a little brother, you know, and then uh, that January, then the, then January '78, I showed up, and then the next year they wrote to Santa. Dear Santa, last year I asked for a brother. This year we'd rather have some Play-Doh. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, now uh, to them I'm referred to as the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah, I'm sure they're lucky. To, I, I sure they feel very lucky to have you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I hope so, but I uh, will have to take the letter. Uh, I'll tell you what, we need to take a quick little uh, uh, time out here uh, to do a quick little legal thing, and then we'll be back, and then we're going to have you promote all your films. So give us about 10 seconds, everybody, and we will be okay. back after these legal messages. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. Okay, now it's a movie promotion time. So first off, uh, let, let's go ahead. Let's we, we got plenty of time here, so let's go ahead and uh, uh, let's uh, how many how many films you want to promote, and then we'll just uh, do them one by one. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I have my resume in front of me. So, well, first of all, I do want to say that you did mention Albert Pion's film, and I I'm not sure. I'm played Medusa in that film, and uh, I'm, Albert is like a legend, um, and he's currently battling dementia. So that film's taken a little bit longer to, to um, come out, but Albert's working on it, and uh, working with a legend like Albert and his beautiful wife, Cynthia, was just great. So I'm hoping that that film, and I think it's called Cyborg. You mentioned it. But, um, yep, correct. But it, it had a different. Cy- uh, I, I think Cyborg. Two years. It's called. Yeah. yeah, Cyborg: Rise of the Flesh Eaters. Yeah, so it had a different um, name when I filmed it. But anyway, I play Medusa in it, and I filmed it in Las Vegas with with Albert and Cynthia, and so I can't wait to. You know, a lot of a lot of the films that are listed. I mean, I've been, to be perfectly honest, I've been in like around 180 films, and 
they're divided into before I went into, before I became a vice president of marketing and technology and after. And some of the films that are listed, I'm still waiting to film. So I, I don't, you know, those, those films are kind of in limbo. It was Jake. His film's completed. His Albert his film is almost completed. Um, and, oh, and the movie Christmas. I was so happy to be in that film. I just have a cameo. I play a nurse in it that um, I, I have wanted to work. I, before I worked on it, I had wanted to work with a director um, a lot because he's a great director. His name's Christopher Baeza. And um, on the film, I met Christian Calloway, who's one of my good friends now. And he's a legend. He was in Twin Peaks. So Christopher worked with major actors. And I was just really, really lucky to have a cameo in that film. And I believe if it hasn't been released, it'll be coming out soon. And uh, another one, another one I want to ask you about. Uh, I, it looks like it could be a west uh, western Copperhead Creek. You play Two Gun Annie. Yes, and I filmed that like three years ago, and at the time, um, it was a sad film, and I worked with. Uh, I, I actually filmed. I filmed two days on it. Um, at a ranch in, um, like, it was a, the northern part of Southern California. It's a really famous horse ranch. I can't remember the name of it now. But uh, Rick Rote was the director, and he goes around doing Western shows, so he knows what he's doing. And with that film, um, I worked with Larry Poole. I, I played in Larry Poole within tons of westerns and he's a great actor and I think after we shot those things somehow the film became non-union and Larry Poole was the head of SAG in San Diego so I don't know what's happening with that film I don't know if they can use my scenes with Larry and I hope so because I mean so excited to work with him, and the scenes were great. And I love Western, so I have tons of pictures from that shoot that, um, you know, that I love. And so we'll see if that comes out, but I already shot that. Um, and so I'm waiting for it to come out. Um, and then I, I do have to say that I've done a lot of really famous um music videos, too, and those are some of my favorites. You know, as I told you, I'm a dancer. So um, the biggest ones, I think, are I did um, this head I hold with electric guests maybe five years ago, and that was used as a commercial on HBO. So that one was huge. Um, I did Rickman's Cobbs with Alan Wagner, and that's one of bunch of awards. I did um, Popular Monster with Falling in Reverse. 
and I did Black City Night with Always You, and that's won tons of awards. Um, I'm a publicist, so if I have a lead in your film, I'm going to put it into film festivals. Um, and I've been doing it for so long. I think if you look at my IMDb, I, I've got over 200 awards because, because, you know, I put the film that I have a lead in in there, and luckily I work with really good people, so most of them win awards. Um, and I did, I had a tiny little part in this music video called Starcross with uh, Casey Musgrave. And I was so upset because most of my singing got cut out. And then I was supposed to have a scene at the end, and then my heel broke on the set. So I couldn't be in the spot that the director wanted me to be in, so I had to go sit in this Cadillac. Or um, I had to sit in this car. So, I mean, it's like you can't even see me in the video that... That video is why my IMDb score went down to 92, which was simply incredible. It was because of Casey Musgrave. So I'm just very grateful for that. And then I recently did... Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Let's Go to Hell with Ty Verde. And... I have to say, you know, I'm from a different generation, so I don't know who a lot of these people are until I, I get on the set or um, until my my daughters tell me who they are, <laughs> you know. But um, I love Ty Verde's, and I have a major role in that one. So if anyone can look it up, it'd be great. Um, I was wearing a wig in it. And they asked me for the moment to jump into a... I was wearing a swimsuit in it. And they asked me to jump into a pool. A pool. And, and the wig fell off. And so they had me, like, grab the wig and try to put it back on. And they kept it in the video. So that's actually kind of a comedy. So anyway, I'm really proud of that one. And then I just recently, like last week, I did a video with... Um, DJ Dylan Francis, and um, I know I, I did the video because my niece told me who he was, because she goes to Coachella, um, because I, I, I'm kind of out of it on the music scene. Um, I don't know who these people are, but he's, he's so funny. I'm so glad that I did it. So anyway, I wanted to talk about the music videos, um, and I, I do need to talk about I'm not going to talk about every um, film that I have coming up because that's just going to take too long. But well, there is, a, there, there is a couple. There is there is a couple I do want to ask you about real quick. Uh, and then okay. uh, first, hey Matthias, uh, do you know uh, you know what happens in nine days? Uh, I'm not really currently aware. Uh, it's uh, Donna's 29th birthday. Oh wow. Uh, August 24th, uh, we, we want to wish you a happy birthday here on the show because uh, your birthday is on August 24th. Well, thank you so 
much, but that's a sore subject with me because IMDb has me as 10 years older than I am. And as you know, I'm old already, so I really don't need that. But, uh, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. I sent them my birth certificate. I threatened to sue them, <laughs> you know, because my sister's a lawyer. I've done everything I can think of, and I've spent so much time building up my IMDb page. I'm just not, you know, I'm, um, I leave it, everything in the hands of God, and luckily I am still working all the time. And luckily, I'm Asian, so I don't think I look my age. I mean, if you look at my demo reel, I hope that you'll agree with me. So I have well, a few years um, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Uh, you know, some people say uh, you can either act your age or look your <laughs> age or neither. And uh, I'm not just saying this because it's you. Uh, we are on 89.1 Ken's FM. We're with Donnelly Heising. Uh, you definitely... Are, don't look your age. I mean, you, like I say, when I say 29 years old, that's that's. I, I'm not just trying to suck up or anything here, but uh, 29 years old is uh, how you look, and you're beautiful, and uh, you know, and you're and you're a great friend, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you only have about 10 minutes here left with you. But the one movie I do want to ask you about, uh, and this this might get us in a little bit of trouble, and I understand if you don't want to talk about it, but. I just want to ask the pre- uh, premise of it. Uh, you uh, did a movie. You played uh, in 2021. You played Misery, and the movie is called Bad President. Uh, can oh, you tell yes. us a little bit about that one? That was the one that started that put my career on the map. Um, and I have my good friend Robert Amico to thank for casting me in it. He was the producer on it. And the film is directed by Karen Gill, and um, it stars Eddie Griffin, who is who is a legend. Um, and I was I am so grateful because I got to work with Eddie Griffin. I got to work with Robert Amico, who is a member of the Actors Studio, and I got to work with Justin Schenkerow, who is the voice of. Okay, I keep getting these mixed up. But he was the voice of Arnold in Hey Albert. Do I have that right? Right. I, Correct. Okay. I think it's Arnold or he was the voice of Albert in Hey Albert. No. It was, he was the voice of Arnold in Hey Albert. And he also won an Oscar and a, a Golden Globe for a series called Ticket Fences. And so he's a fantastic actor. And... I worked a week on that, and Eddie Griffin took us to his show in Las Vegas, and the movie is hilarious. I mean, it doesn't really matter what your politics are, and I will tell everyone that, you know, my husband is a certified financial planner, so he's pretty conservative, Um, and... You know, so we're Republican, but no matter what your politics are, you are going to love this film because it's based on true events. Um, it was written by a journalist who unfortunately has passed away. And so he took true events, and it's kind of a satire, you know, because obviously Eddie Griffin plays Lucifer and uh, 
And so he didn't, Lucifer didn't really come down. But all the things that Donald Trump did in the film, he did in real life. And it came at the precise wrong time, just when the pandemic hit, because it premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, and then it was going to go into theaters. And then the pandemic hit, and everything was shut down. So it didn't get to go into theaters. Um, and then um, I think, and then I think uh, that was the year that Trump lost. I'm not sure what happened. But anyway, uh, events conspired to ruin <laughs> ruin the distribution of the film because it's gotten, you know, because of me, I'm a publicist. It's gotten at least. 20 great reviews. Everyone says it's hilarious, and you will love it if you watch it. I think it's on Amazon. Well, I, I, I do want to see it. I do want to see it. Oh, please watch it and let me know what you think, because that's one of my favorite films. That, that's one film that put me on the map. I worked on um, Some Marika, uh Two Deadly Vengeance with Tommy Wiseau. And I had three lines in it, but because of Tommy Wiseau, that's another one that helped my career. So those those are two of my most important films until this year. So and I, I guess year, my uh, so our, our, if our fans want to check you out, uh, so, so don't forget to do this. Uh, do you have a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? Um, I'm on Facebook under Donnelly Heising. And I'm almost at 5,000 um, friends. So I do have a, um, another Facebook page that's actress Donna Lee Heising. I'm on Instagram under Donna Lee Heising. I have a YouTube channel for um, a show called Ion Entertainment. It's an interview show, actually. And it was on Amazon Prime for years. I, I did the show for 16 years. Um, I still do it to promote the films that I'm in, but I don't really do it anymore because I'm spending all my time acting. Um, but you can still see all my shows for the past 16 years um, at, at YouTube under Ion Entertainment. And that's E-Y-E on Entertainment all one word. And you can see all my shows. And I started out, I, I mean, I've covered the Emmys, I've covered the Oscars, I've covered the Grammys. Um, and I have shows with the late Miciano Archangeli. I have shows with Bill Lopers Jr. Um, I have a lot of stars from, from the early days because I covered so many award shows. So, you know, there's that's there's that. one thing I was going to ask about that. Uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, you've been to the Grammys, you've been to the Oscars. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, what is, and I've never I've never asked this question uh, to any of the actors or actresses that we've had on the show, but so I'll put it to you. What is it like actually for being at the Grammys and being at the Oscars and uh, sitting in the audience and presenting an award and watching all the, uh, watching all the glitz and glamour of that uh of that event, what is that like being in the audience for that? Well, I wish I knew, 
you know, with the show, I get a press pass. So I cover the red carpet. So what I do is I stand there with all of the other news outlets, and these are major news outlets. When I was on Amazon Prime, I was a major news outlet. So you just interview the stars and say goodbye. So I don't That's know awesome. what it's like to be in the audience. I mean, I've been, you know, the last year I've done a lot of leads, and a lot of my films have won awards. So I know what it's like to be in the audience, but... Um, and but my first premiere of a major film is going to be with Diana on September 18th. So I'm really excited about that because I'm flying in, and I live in Huntington Beach, California. I'm flying into Pennsylvania just for that premiere, and then I'm flying back, which I never do, you know. But that I'm doing it for Diana, and I'm doing it because I I, I don't. I have a recurring role in it, and I'm hoping that my role will be bigger in the second season, that I'm not a major player in the first season, but my role is hilarious because it's with an actor named Jose Gonzalez, who is, who is incredible. But the film stars Daniel Baldwin, Nicholas Turturro, um, a bunch of stars. You know, so anyway, I'm I'm really excited about um, being in that audience. And then I've been in the audience for some film festivals. Um, I was the lead in a film called The Paradise Motel that won a bunch of awards. So I've been in the audience for that. And I do have to say that my own film is called Down and Out in Vampire Hills. And it's directed by my good friend Craig Rilsbeth who is Steve Railsback's nephew. And Steve Railsback um, is known for playing uh, Manson. I mean, he's a huge film actor if you look him up. And Craig is an American Airlines pilot, but he also has his own film company. So we, um, we got together and we put together this short film that I got all my friends to appear in it. And um, my executive producer on Ion Entertainment is Dr. Rena Wolfinger. And Rena is incredible. She lives two streets over from me. She was my Final Cut Pro teacher at Golden West College, and she's a genius. And she's the, I think it's the CTO of a virtual reality company now, which is another reason why I don't do the show anymore, because she needs to set it up to Zoom. She doesn't have the time to anymore. But Rena is also a musician, and she's on the Grammy board. And so she created a, a Spotify page where she composed the whole score for our film Down and Out, in Vampire Hills, which will probably be released on September 1st. And she submitted it, it to the Grammys. So um, we just luck. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I actually haven't even seen the film myself, but we've been filming it for over a year. Um, That's you awesome. Know, just and it, it stars me and Ken May. My friend Lejean, who is in Pirates of the Caribbean, um, Bill Housekeeper, 
um, Deborah Dutch, my good friend Deborah Dutch, who is the real screen queen, um, and a a bunch of other people who, because they're my friends, worked on it free for me, and it's going to have such quality. I'm amazed, and it's all because of Craig and Rena, because Craig is a perfectionist. I mean, it's taken him, like, at least a year to edit because he keeps showing it. He's got, he's got a film company, so he has a million friends in the business, and it's a short film right now, but he keeps showing it to his friends and to to his uncle, Steve Railsback, and keeps getting um, tips for improvement. So he's been perfecting this film for a year. Um, so... You know, anyone who worked on the film, that's what's taking so long. <laughs> but it has a whole new soundtrack. And what we're going to try to do is get it into one of the major film festivals that uh, shows at the um, Chinese Theater or at um, at the studio. Um, and I'm, I'm leaving that to Craig to pick the film festival, and I'll put it in there. And so we're going to have our premiere at a huge film festival, um, hopefully. So that'll be awesome. coming up first. And that's, that's my film. I'm the executive producer. Um, it was written by Lena's sister, who's another doctor, um, and she's a vampire expert. And she was on... Oh, man. I know you would remember it if I could remember. I mean, I know you would know what it was if I could remember it. But well, that, well, that's okay. okay. Uh, we have uh, so Gondoli Heising is our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, Don, you have been uh, the most, uh, what, probably the most, and I'm not taking away from any of the guests, but, uh, with all the stuff that you got going on uh, in post-production filming and all that and taking time out of your schedule uh, to join us and let you, uh, you come on the air with us so we can wish you a happy birthday. It's been a, it's been a pleasure and an honor. And uh, I will, uh, like most of our guests, I'll stop calling you at 2 in the morning because uh, it's like midnight where you're at. But uh, we do appreciate you joining us tonight. You have been awesome, and we'll definitely have you on again because I know you'll have more stuff coming up in the future. Can I just mention one more film? I promise this sure. is the last one. It's Sandy sure. Slavin's The Rose Wagon, and it's being edited right now by Christian Griffith. But I have a scene in the film that Christian sent me, and it, the scene is just so beautiful that I've been submitting it to film festivals as a trailer, and it's won 25 awards so far, just the scene itself. And so you can, it's a family film, um, and it's a Christian, it's a faith-based film, and hopefully it'll be done in, I don't know, whenever Christian gets finished editing it. But um, I hope that you will look, look it up on IMDb and watch my scene in it, because I'm really proud of, of the acting in it. I've won a bunch of Best Actress Awards just for that scene itself. So, so. Awesome. Okay, that's it. <laughs> okay. All right, thanks, Donna. We love you. We'll have you on again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, bye.
All right. The lovely Diana Lee Heising with us. Uh, we have a quick little commercial break here, and then uh, we have our next guest, Waiting in Wings. We'll be right back after we hear these messages. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he's been sitting there for a while. He's going to tell us all about what it's like having a podcast that's heard all over the world, just like us. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man that's going to bring the wood. He is Adam Woods. Hey, this is According to Woods. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Night Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godfather, a godmother of wrestling, Granny Holster, and the modern nightmare, Messiah. How's that? Hey, Adam, how are you, bud? Good, and you guys? All right, good. So here's what we'll do here. Uh, we're going to have you give us a little background about yourself, and I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and then uh, I'll come back to you and ask you the tougher questions. So go ahead, give us a little background. So um, for the last five or six years, I uh, have been a, a like an independent interviewer and podcaster of both MMA and pro wrestling in Southern California. Um, a lot of the guys and girls that I interviewed as amateurs are now in the UFC and Bellator. A lot of indie wrestlers that I covered and, you know, interviewed uh, way back in the day are now signed to MLW, uh, CMLL, uh, and uh, AEW and, and uh, WWE. So that's kind of my background. I, I've, uh, and during the course of the pandemic, I really uh, made the – the effort to not only do my podcast, the According to Woods podcast that you've found on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, uh, but also to edit podcasts and uh, guests on other people's podcasts, like uh, Draped in Gold with Jack Farmer and Flobo Boys. Uh, I'm also on the After 83 Weeks podcast with Christy Olsen, Steve Kaufman, and WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff uh, that comes to you usually about 5 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, usually every Thursday. So I guess my first question is, what do what does a, a guy like me in a town like this have to get on uh, to do to get on your podcast? Uh, I think it's as good as done. <laughs> you just did it. There we go. And uh, that's my deal, man. I love interviewing people. Now, ninety percent of the people that I've interviewed and podcasted with or had uh, as guests. You know, they've been in the MMA pro wrestling sphere, but I've also had, you know, uh, estheticians that were starting up their business during the pandemic and musicians. And actually that one uh, shout out to uh, the Filipino rapper that I had on because he played his own music and uh, it got kicked off of YouTube, funny enough. But you just have to be interesting. And you, my friend, are interesting. Obviously the legions of people that listen to you that are sponsored 
um, you know, that are sponsoring this very amazing show um, find you interesting. We find you interesting. We listen to it every week. So uh, it's as good as done. I'm, I'm actually humbled that you would join the ranks of, you know, Simon Gotch and Josh Barnett and UFC Hall of Famer Frank Trigg to, to be on my, my humble podcast. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, when, whenever you want to book me, I, I, will, I will be there without question. Now, you know, you, know, you mentioned uh, some of the uh, uh, people that you've interviewed that are when they were just starting out. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a couple uh, on our resume. As a matter of fact, our first interview that we, ever ha- uh, that we ever did for this individual, she was 17 years old at the time, just breaking in, and it was Kenzie Page. And uh, one of my co-hosts at the time, he, he said, hey, turn on AEW, uh, Kenzie Page is on. You know, remember we had her on, um, you know, we had her on a couple months ago. And I'm like, yeah. And then uh, one thing I ask all our guests is when you, when you sign a, a multi-million dollar contract with a wrestling promotion or whatever, will you still talk to us, not big time us? So I called her after the show, and she said, hey, Icon, how you doing? I, I only got a few minutes. I said, well, no, I was just making sure that you were keeping your promise. You took my call. You said, hey, and that's all I needed to know. So uh, we were actually her first interview when she was 17. Now, we don't have, uh, you know, we have a lot of mainstream people like we had our, our previous guest before you, uh, Donnelly Ising. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, our resume is growing, but, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a little higher up there than we are. But uh, when you decided to start your show and uh, uh, do your podcast, what was uh, what was your main goal when you first started out? Well, I mean that that's in in two parts, right? So, in terms of the interview pre the podcast, because the podcast has only existed in its current form since uh, what is it, July of 2020. So, in the thick of the pandemic, when you know nobody could go anywhere, and all the shows, whether it be MMA or pro wrestling, were canceled. You know, so that. You know, but I was able to do 550 episodes from what July 2020 to present. So uh, that's fun. But in terms of interviews, you know, I went to my first like MMA show, right? And I realized pretty pretty soon, um, pretty quickly, I, I should say, that there was people that when the camera came on, right, the red light came on they started, you know, kind of sputtering, you know, their, their, their wheels, right? They, they couldn't project themselves, you, you know, whether they got a fantastic knockout or a, uh, you know, scintillating submission, right, or wowed the crowd in a dogfight, you know, when it comes to, it came time to interview them or what have you, they kind of, they kind of climbed up, right? So it was my kind of duty I, that I took on myself, and I wasn't the only one. There was Ralph Esparza, Verbal Tap Podcast. There, there are many that Christian Cole, who's worked for New Japan and uh, PCW Ultra and what have you, but really to much like their trainers train them in their specific disciplines or in the wrestling sphere, you know, just like their trainer told them how, you know, taught them how to do their first bump and tuck your chin in and, and you know, and do the bump, I figured that I would do everything in my power to make sure that they felt comfortable in front of the camera, right? Because that's, that's what is it? Hulk Hogan used to say, you know, 
the money isn't anywhere else. Of course, I've got the body, the 24-inch pythons and what have you, but it's really, from, you know, my one ear to the, to the other. It's in between my face, that, you know, six-inch, you know, uh, circumference that is my face. That's how you sell people on it, right? So it was my duty to make sure that they tapped into and, and felt comfortable doing interviews. You know, some of them, it wasn't easy. You know, some people got knocked out and, you know, or knocked down or had a dogfight. And, uh, you know, I learned pretty soon after. I was like, hey, maybe I'll circle back on Wednesday after the Saturday fight when they have the, all of their uh, this stuff together. And, you know, maybe go to their gym in a place that's comfortable to, for them and do an interview. Um, and same thing with, uh, with boxers, same thing with pro wrestlers. You know, I just wanted to make sure that they felt comfortable enough in front of the camera. And, you know, I couldn't have been prouder. And, and shout out to you guys for, for basically, you know, flying the flag for interviewing a lot of different people, you know, on the come up because just like in the scenario that you, you, you post to us, like, that's what matters. People are always going to remember the first, you know, and a lot of people are like, why are you going to interview me? I have nothing to say. Well, I just started. But, again, everybody has a story. Everybody thinks they have, you know, uh, the, the prototypical way of how they got into wrestling or MMA. But no two stories are the same. And it is my duty to, A, a find that out, and then, B, find out uh, how to make you comfortable. Well, you know, it's interesting how you mentioned that. Uh, our, our, our interview, previous interview, uh, Donna, uh, she told us how nervous she was, uh, you know, to do the show. And, uh, you know, she mentioned uh, that she'd been nervous uh, the last couple weeks, uh, you know, about doing the show. And I'm like, well, hey, well, just come on here. It's just a conversation between uh, me and your fan and you, and we'll just talk about stuff, you know. Uh, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, you have to put at ease. And it, sometimes that is difficult to do, correct? Absolutely, you know. Uh, but, you know, it, it's uh, it's actually funny. Um, there was a particular uh, fan convention that happened right after my dad passed away at Christmas of 2010, and the Guerreros, Mondo and Chavo, were there, Chavo Sr. And, you know, this is in L.A. They're, they were the kings, along with Roddy Piper and Black Wardman, you know, the kings of the Grand Olympic Auditorium. Uh, shout out to Judo Jean Lobel, who just passed away last week. But, you know, I, you know, all of the history that they, you know, carry in that family, their dad, Gory Guerrero, their, you know, their younger brothers, the late, great Eddie Guerrero, right? So I was so nervous to, uh, you know, to take a picture. Even though I paid for the picture and everything, I was nervous. There's this history right in front of my eyes, right? Well, they split me a beer. <laughs> Again, I paid 20 for, for a picture. They gave me a beer, and then they dressed me with a robe that was basically their dad's robe, the late, great Gory Guerrero, uh, his robe, and Mondo's uh, bandolero, like, bullets that he used to wear back in the day. And then right, as, right before the lady took the picture, Chavo kind of gooses me uh, from backside, and I was just like, what? But it, was, it made for a great picture. So, obviously, consent is always sexy, but I want to make sure as 
I make people as comfortable as Mondo and Chavo Sr. did to me, right? All your nerves, you know, to, to some people, this interview, this platform in which you give them might be as high as they ever go. Some people, it's their first one, right? And all of the nerves and everything come with it. Um, and then some, it's just a stepping stone to the next deal, you know, where they get to an Aero Hawani or a Chris Van Vliet or a Joe Rogan, right? So we come in different forms, you know. And also, one thing that's helped me personally is listening to shows like yours. You know, there's, you know, Dudes at Ringside Podcast. There's, uh, you know, the BCW Worldwide, um, you know, the Roundtable Pro Wrestling Podcast. You know, not just me being a podcaster myself or interviewer myself, but listening to so many great interviews and podcasters, not just in this generation, but, you know, it, imagine if Bobby the Brain Heenan or Mean Gene Oakland had a podcast. You know, what would that sound like? You know, and really become a student of the game, you know. So, uh, and that's also one of the reasons why, you know, I love what you're doing here, you know, it, it, on radio, you know, getting it to the people in, in ways that, you know, most people can't you know, and making it accessible for everyone. Um, so with that all being said, you know, my goal is to make you comfortable. Uh, Adam Woods, I guess, here on 89.1 Kent FM, and uh, we have, uh, well, we have about uh, 26 minutes with uh, Adam here. Uh, Adam, I want to introduce you to my co-host. Uh, he's an up-and-coming wrestler, and uh, he's uh, actually uh, got a lot of bookings uh, from the past and coming up, and uh, uh He's never met a table full of thumbtacks that he hasn't liked. So, uh, Matthias, what do you have for our guest, Adam Woods? Go ahead. Yes, you are talking to the modern nightmare known on 89.1 Ken's FM, but also known as the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, the current EWI Diamond and APW World Heavyweight Champion. Matthias here, welcome on to the show. It's a pleasure having a fellow sporting fan and uh, wrestling fans and especially a podcaster uh, coming up our, in, uh, on our show. So first off, I would just like to say it would be an honor to be a guest on your show at some point to talk about wrestling and, and sports and stuff. I could talk that stuff for hours. Um, but one of my main questions for you right now would be, what is one of the most uh, interesting interviews? One of them, what is, or I got a two-parter. What is one of the longest interviews you've ever done, and what is the most interesting interviews you've ever done? Well, before I answer your question, but uh, I'm going to pause it a little bit because, Matthias, I'm not, not because I'm talking to you right now. I would have, if I closed my eyes and you were on another show or I was listening at home on Ken's, um, you remind me of a young MJF. The first time I heard of MJF was on MLW, Court Bauer, Conan, Disco Inferno. And yes, sir. the vibes that me right now is exactly that. You are sitting on a gold mine, my man. Like, it's an honor to be talking to you. No, no man, it's an honor to talk. That, 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 is, uh, that is a great comparison. I really appreciate that. That's pretty awesome of you. Thank you. So I, I guess the, the longest interview I know for a fact now – Prior to this gentleman coming on, uh, my longest one was three and a half hours, and that was with former WWE May Young competitor, first May Young competitor, Zeta Zhang, and that one was about three and a half hours. Uh, 
but for the longest, had to be uh, George Ramosa of the Wrestling Podcast, formerly of um, Jesus um, Afterbus. You know the you know where X Pac you know and the first incarnation of the Bishop Podcast came from. Um, after mm-hmm. Buzz used to do, you know, after Raw, after SmackDown, even some reality stuff like after the Real Housewives and what have you. And that's also how I got hooked up with uh, Steve Kaufman and, and Chrissy Olsen. But George Hermosa of uh, Wrestling Chatter and After Buzz, we went on for five hours, five-hour podcast. We started at 10 p.m. Wow. Pacific Standard Time, and we ended about three. And then I, I guess... Mm-hmm. Between those two, um, I think Chris Cross from XPW, that was also a long one. But, I, I, you know, as a kid growing up in L.A., I watched a lot of XPW, Supreme, and The Messiah, and, you know, Terry Funk and Abdullah the Butcher and everything. So just to be able to even call Chris Cross, Chris Cross a friend, it's amazing to me. Now, the most interesting one uh, has to be a former WWE NXT Tag Team Champion, one half of the villains, Simon Gotch. Uh, that, okay. I mean, I don't know why that guy hasn't been signed anywhere else since his WWE Easton. I mean, currently I believe he's in Noah, pro wrestling Noah, but he's just, he's eight steps ahead of you. Like, you know, you ask the question, oh, yeah. he'll give you a road story. Like, he's just brilliant. And I've had the honor and pleasure of uh, interviewing him once and having him on my podcast twice. Um, but then there's also the three times that Eric Bischoff has uh, been on because as a 12-year-old kid watching Nitro, what would you ask Eric Bischoff? And I, for me, it's like working with Vern Gagne in the AWA, you know? So that was it. And then also Josh Barnett, at, at, you know, for those who don't know, he trained, you know, Shayna Baszler and Jessamine Duke and uh, Marina Shafir, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And... I interviewed him. I mean, I and we've been friends for a couple of years now. But I, uh, I had him on my podcast literally 30 days after he was on Rogan, uh, the, the most recent time for promoting Bloodsport. And I talked to him about. At the time, it was a Raw Underground, and I was like, "That's a ripoff of yours." And I completely crapped on Raw Underground and the presentation. And he had to kind of sheepishly like. You know, he agreed, but again, Shana, you know, a lot of his pupils are were signed to the WWE at that point, so he can't say too much, you know, so uh, that would be the most interesting. Wow. Uh, now, Matthias, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, he mentioned that uh, he's uh, had uh, several interviews with Eric Bischoff. Uh, don't you have something coming up with uh, Eric Bischoff? And uh, Adam, maybe you can give him some tips on how to handle Eric Bischoff. Yes, that is actually correct. Uh, Mr. Bischoff, who also shares the same first name as me, will be participating in an up-and-coming show for Below Zero Wrestling September 17th uh, called One for the Vets in Moorhead, Minnesota, which I will be participating in. And from what I've heard, he's not a big a fan. He's not a big fan of mine right now. And I've heard he's got a little bit of an issue with me because of something I did at a previous show, I apparently had assaulted one of his friends with a beer can, and apparently he didn't appreciate that. So if there's anything, you can give me a tip, either to jaw jack with him or, you know, defend myself from his uh, his physical onslaught. That would be greatly appreciated. 
Oh, I thought it was because you hit on his wife. Okay. Well, I mean, that too, because yeah. I am the man from every woman's dream, as you know. So maybe he just realized that he shouldn't bring around North Dakota because of who he'd actually be messing with, a six foot two, 260-pound beast like Matthias. I mean, with those stats, do you even want to get I mean, with him or just – I mean, uh, you know, make a play on uh, on the Mrs. Bischoff. I, I I don't know, but I would say bring beer, right? I mean, obviously Matthias here, you know, the the ultimate, the the consummate, the penultimate uh, showman and uh, locker room leader. So bring beer, you know, like uh, what what can't be hashed out with beer? You know, Ron Simmons getting called, you know, or being referred to as you know, somebody that got Harley Race's bags when he was world champion. I bet Harley got Ron, you know, a case of Paps Blue Ribbon, maybe, you know, to kind of smooth it over, you know. Or mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that, right? Um, and I hope I'm not, I hope I'm not uh, breaking kayfabe, but honestly, be yourself, man. Like, uh, that was one who I had preconceived notions of. Um, you, you know, there's... A lot of people in the wrestling industry, as you both know, uh, that might not be the best people, you know, you know, when the, the red light goes off. Um, and I hope I'm not breaking KP, but Eric Bischoff is one of the most sincere people I've ever met. And actually, he's the, the reason why um, he, Steve Kaufman, George Ramosa, and um, Christy Olsen are the reason why I'm on after 83 weeks. This is a a show that I I watched for many years, and now I'm on it. Um, that because they they dug me because I was myself. So if anything, I'd say be yourself. In the words of Audio Slave, be yourself is all that you can do. Okay, okay, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. And if uh, if he likes, if he wants to talk all the smack he wants, I'll be listening on 83 weeks. And if he wants to do something about it, you know, I'll have a little chat with him. But if he wants to, you know, hash it out in the middle of the audience, well, I'm in that ring, you know, I'm more, I'm more than down. But what I have heard, I've heard that there's a plan going on, whereas I have this opponent for this upcoming show. I don't know who it is. I don't know what it is. But it doesn't matter because, again, I've already described myself as the man from every woman's dream, every man's worst nightmare. I'm six foot two, 260 pounds. There's not a lot of guys that are as big or as strong as me in North Dakota in the pro wrestling industry. So you know what? If, if Bischoff wants to have a, a sit-down one-on-one and, you know, hash it out man-to-man, then so be it. But if he wants to send another competitor out to face me, I'll embarrass that man and then try to convince him. And if that still doesn't work, well, then maybe the missus might have to, you know, you know, have to intervene. But I guess we'll see how the show goes. Oh, card subject to change. I, I want to see how that all plays out. Uh, please, if there's a link, uh, I really want the stream because I want to see how this plays out because I'm imagining – Eric, I'm imagining you, Matthias, and I, uh, again, I like, uh, this is a greater bill than uh, WrestleMania 6, Hogan and, and Warrior, my goodness. As, uh, as he once said, as the once great man once said, controversy creates cash, so let's create some controversy and let's get some money. Heck yeah, we'll send you to the pay window, that's what I say, my friend. Hell yeah, man, thank you. Uh, now, 
Uh, we have Adam Woods, I guess, here on 89.1 Ken's FM. Now, I understand if you don't want to answer this question, Adam, but because uh, I'll give you mine. Is there anybody that you've interviewed that was just just awful that you just, like, had uh, just a bad interview with uh, that you would, like, would never, ever talk to again? And I'll, if you want to tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. Well, I, you know, I will shield the name to protect the innocence, right? But there was a particular fighter, right, who he wanted to bet me completely, right? So he called me the week before the interview, right, or the podcast. And we had a four-hour conversation. I mean, to the extent my wife thought I was messing around, like talking to some other gal. It should never happen, but even so. Like, who are you talking to for four hours, right? Now, when it comes to the, the podcast, I made sure I gave him the riot act, how to log in, you know, simplified everything. This guy's on a link with Bluetooth headphones, which, as you guys know, you guys are radio professionals. You know, Bluetooth headphones, it's, uh, you, you know, it's, it's a turn. You know, some will work. You've got like a high-end iPods or Bose or JBL or something like that, but if you've got like bargain basement ones, it's not going to work. So imagine, I went three, four hours with the guy the previous Saturday. None of it aired. We we're just shooting the breeze, right? And I mm-hmm. couldn't get 15 minutes because he was on a lake and the reception was so poor. What a waste, right? Wow. There was also, yeah, w- there was also a gent that. Uh, might have won a mixed martial arts uh, regional title and for a pretty prominent promotion, which, you know, had basically catapulted stars into the UFC and Bellator and what have you, a pretty prominent promotion here in Southern California. And he won the title, um, and it had been some years. So I interviewed him, and he's telling me that he might have, uh, you know, snorted some illicit substances before that title match. And I was like, wow, okay. You know? Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you mine. Uh, the worst interview, in my opinion, and if Granny was here, she'd, uh, she'd probably, she might back me up, she might not, because the guy liked Granny, didn't like me, but uh, was Stevie Ray from Harlem Heat. And, uh, really? Yeah, everybody knows that I'm the host of the show. And Matthias and Granny are my co-hosts. And uh, I asked him a few questions, and then uh, I passed it on to Granny, and then he says, Granny, why why is he hosting? Why are you not hosting the show? And I, and I kind of took offense to that. Maybe I shouldn't have, but then he just started belittling me the whole, the whole rest of the show. Mm. Wow, that's, that's surprising to me. Uh, and that's also one that, you know, as a person of color, like uh, Harlem, like my dad didn't watch much wrestling, but you know, whenever Harlem Heat uh, would come on, and you know, especially when uh, you know Sensational Sherry got paired with him, she was such a big star in the WWF, and to be paired with them in WCW, it was just amazing. He cried when Booker T won the world title, um, but you know, I've I've had a lot of friends that have you know interviewed and or podcasted with Stevie Ray. And they've had nothing but glowing things, you know. I, I feel like maybe he, you know, it's just like a, a a tear in your jeans, right? You get a legitimate tear in your jeans and what have you, right around the knee column and whatever, and you're like, ah, it's so ungodly. 
and then it starts to tear and tear and tear, and then you go like, oh, maybe that's a style, you know, and I'm, I look like a, a rocker, so to speak, right? So maybe he found an in, that, that tear in your particular jean trousers, and was like, oh, I'm going to have fun with this. I mean, how can I make this more, uh, you know, insightful? You know, how can I, you know, give this show the rub? Not that you guys would need the rub at all, you know, uh, but, you know, he might have just had fun with it, you know. And it's uh, one of my, a small group of friends that I had in high school. If we're talking smack about you, that means you're in with us, you know. So that could have meant that you and Stevie Ray were good brothers for life. That's what I think. You know, I, I think, uh, I think it was uh, um, Savvy Davis Jr. that said it best. When people stop making fun of you and stop talking about you, it's when they stop caring about you. Shaboing boing. Now, uh, now, I, I, we have a question here in the chat room. Now, this is not from me. This is from the chat room. I'm going to ask you about this because uh, you know, uh, and this is kind of an ego question too. Uh, you, you know that little collector's card I made for you for the interview? Did you like that? Yes. Oh, my wife was like, oh, my gosh, my uh, my husband's nether regions are going to be out in the uh, the radio space. So, uh, yeah, my wife, glowing reviews, good sir. So uh, here's, the, here's the chat room question. Uh, they said, Icon, could you ask uh, your guest if he's ever been mistaken for Wayne Brady? That's a, get, that's a, a chat room question. That's not yes. my question. No, uh, I've gotten uh, I've gotten Wayne Brady. I've gotten uh, unfunny Wayne Brady. I've gotten a uh, less lyrically inclined David Banner. A fat usher. I'm sorry. Uh, weight weight challenge usher. Uh, more you know morbidly challenged usher. Uh, I've gotten it all. I think that's the the run of the mill. Uh, I was like somebody said our truth, and I was just like, oh no, it's. Different shades, and I wish I could be as internally, eternally useful as one Ron the Truth Killings, but uh, no, sadly no, the genetics didn't 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 pan out. You know, like me, I I mean, uh, you know, people say I look like Mick Foley. I was once uh, in Iowa mistaken for uh, uh, Silent Bob and uh, Matthias. Uh, a lot of people mistake him for Tom Cruise. So uh, we we all know what it's like to be uh, yeah we all know what it's like to be uh, mistaken for somebody else which is not a bad thing you know as long as they don't say hey you look like Gabby Hayes that's true that that too a hundred percent so Adam Woods is our guest here on eighty nine point one Kids FM we got uh, nine minutes left here so we can uh, so we can do this here uh, so we don't forget. Uh, if our fans want to check you out, you got a Facebook, you have an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? All of it. Uh, according to Woods Across the Board, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch is where you can get the principal podcast. Um, on Twitter and uh, Instagram, that's where you can get this memes. When I'm not there podcasting, I give you memes. I, I want you to come across my page, and I want to earn your follow. I, uh, you know, And I want you to to laugh in, in the lampoonery that is life, you know. So uh, come over, uh, give a follow, uh, take a laugh. Now, is there, uh, is there one interview that you've done that's out there in, uh, in cyber world that uh, you're most proud of that you'd like to gravitate our fans towards? 
Oh, I mean, I, I feel like everybody does the, you know, the bigger stars. Um, you know, w- one I'm, I'm proud of is, uh, it's actually on Facebook Live, but you can find it. And you just search the hashtag according to what's on Facebook. But uh, Juliana Killer Miller, who just recently won the uh, most recent Ultimate Fighter, uh, the UFC Ultimate Fighter, uh, that's one. Um, obviously, the three with Bischoff, that, those are fun because I get to basically, you know, take him in and uh, bring him back to, like, uh, the AWA. And a lot of people don't talk about AWA, and I don't know why. When you look at the talent that came through there, that that would be it. You know, uh, the Bischoff ones, the Simon Gotch ones, uh, Josh Barnett, uh, anything after 83 weeks. I mean, I, I, do, I think I might have a playlist going with everything that I've ever done on YouTube. And uh, it's pushing about 500 pieces of content. Um, but, yeah, those, those are it. Frank Trigg, I got to ask him about uh, – you know, bottled, being a body double for Kurt Angle in uh, early on the, uh, Kurt Angle's uh, run in, in the Impact Wrestling, which is fun, which is absolutely fun because most people don't ask Frank Trigg, UFC Hall of Famer, you know, former champion. They don't ask him that, but I'm all like, no, I'm going to ask you that. But who? Uh, and who was uh, who was your very first interview ever? Because ours uh, on the show here was Buff Bagwell, and uh, we know that uh, uh, Buff is uh, is a friend of the show, and we know that he's going through some uh, health issues, and uh, he's uh, he's kicked out, and he's doing a lot better. But who was your very first interview? Jeez, uh, actually, somebody who's fighting uh, for up next fighting here in Southern California at the Commerce Casino this Saturday. It's none other than Heinrich Wassmer, Ricky Scraps, who fought for Combate Global, which was a promotion that at one time the head producer was none other than Court Bauer of MLW and WWE fame before he resurrected, um, yeah, before he resurrected uh, the, the old MLW, right? So Heinrich Wassmer was my first interview. And I'd say, like, the top three uh, would be, like, uh, Heinrich, Daniel Rodriguez, who is now one of the top 15 welterweights in the UFC right now. Um, that, I think those are the two. Those are the two. Um, there is one. Uh, now, my first wrestling interview was none other than Simon Gotch or Simon Grimm. Uh, whichever and he goes by both, so uh, no worries there. But there was a interview that we did for a local promotion called Bumps and Bruises that they held at the uh, at a brewery here in L.A. And he was talking like the, where the brewery was was situated in uh, Little Tokyo, and he was facing none other than Tyler Bateman, who was just coming out. He was fresh out of Santino's. Uh, Spencino Brothers Wrestling, and uh, he basically cut almost a Yakuza samurai-tinged promo on Tyler Bateman, uh, who would go on to, you know, go into, obviously, Ring of Honor and what have you. Um, But it was amazing, and it hasn't been released ever, 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 ever. But that was my first pro wrestling interview. Uh, I even interviewed uh, Hardcore Holly. Um, but that never came out, nor, nor 
his tag team partner of the night, um, n- none other than OVW's Al Snow. Uh, but unfortunately, those are lost in the ether. But those were the first wrestling interviews I don't even think exist, haven't been released. Now, now is Eric Bischoff uh, is Eric Bischoff one of the few that you've uh, uh, you know you mentioned you've had him uh, three times. Is there anybody that you've interviewed like like multiple multiple times, like like five times, three times, ten times? Yeah, I think I mean obviously, you know Bischoff, Eric, and I, along with the rest of the crew, have developed a rapport doing after eighty three weeks that. He was gracious enough to come on three times, uh, but there was a there was a boxer out of uh, the the Shenzi Eagle is his uh, fight moniker, um, and I I interviewed him because he was getting fights boxing fights in uh, in uh, during the pandemic, you know. So every time he had a fight, I had him on. Alan Melson. That's what it is, uh, Alan Shenzi Eagle Nelson. Um, but I think he's one of the top ones. Also, Eddie Torres of uh, the Rock and Roll Beer Guy podcast, as well as the Comedy Store Wrestling podcast, which I'll actually be sitting in on the taping uh, tomorrow. They've had Chris Van Vliet, they've had Dolph Ziggler, and uh, tomorrow they'll have Zeta Zhang, um, who I spoke about before. But... Um, Eddie Torres has done my podcast several times, more than I could count. Uh, Simon Gotch, again, gracious enough to to do it twice. Um, Yeah, those are the multiples, you know. But uh, even with, you know, the multiple Simon Gotch interviews, it doesn't compare to the runtime of the George Hermosa interview. So uh, shout-out to George, but shout-out to Simon Gotch as well. And uh, also here, uh, we have uh, Adam Woods as our guest here, and uh, his uh, podcast is called uh, According to Woods. Now, do you uh, have, you know, I'll I'll give you a little background. I I don't want to bore you with this, but we actually started the show six years ago, uh, and uh, we're actually celebrating our 53rd week here on 89.1 Kids FM. I mean, it started out with two guys in the garage, uh, doing a podcast, talk about how bad uh, WWE Monday Night Raw was, uh, but and I was just a regular caller at the time, and basically uh, that that was entertaining for a couple weeks. And I told them how I can get them guests, I can get them a theme song, and all this stuff. And uh, it it started out that to where it is now, uh, you know. And not that we're bragging here, but we're actually heard in Dhaka, Dhaka, Bangladesh, and we're pretty popular in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, which is kind of cool. But uh, you know, when you have that kind of outreach, and you have uh, you know, you get cool guests like uh, you, for instance. Uh, and then you bring your masses to us, and then we bring our masses to you. It, it's kind of it's kind of a cool thing on how a networking works when it comes to radio shows and podcasts, right? No, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, that's the thing. You know, most you know, as radio guys such as yourself, you know, like old school radio, it was a dog eat dog world. I mean, I kind of ventured into it when I got out of high school, where. You know, you basically, you know, sold your mother for, you know, a three o'clock time slot, you know, in the middle of, you know, Mississippi. You know, you did anything to to get on air, right? And for me, I feel like we're a community, right? Like, 
you can interview somebody, I can interview somebody, because your experiences in life, Matthias's, you know, um, experiences in life, Brandy's experiences in life, right, are that, so much different than mine. And that's not bad. That's great. That's, those are things that you can draw upon to have a great interview, to have a great rapport with the guest, you know, so that the listener just feels like, hey, you're among friends. Yes, this might be the biggest wrestling star of the last 20 years or what have you. This might be a legend or whatever. But you had a way of almost taking that off of the pedestal and humanizing him in a way. And I, I don't mean that as any diss, but sometimes, you know, when the nerves happen, it's because we have these people on the pedestal. We have the action figure at home. We've played them on a, a, a video game, you know. And, you know, it's awesome when awesome conversations happen, organic conversations happen, you know, and, you know, the listener just sits in, you know, and that's why you're big in Bangladesh. You're, good, you're great in Vietnam. That's why, because you guys are doing the great work, and you're featuring people from all sides. I, you, you look at the cavalcade. You've had referees. You've had promoters. You've had, you know, up-and-coming wrestlers, people who should be Hall of Famers. That's testament to you guys and the way that you have developed a platform that is so positive. You know, in old school, if we were, you know, rival radio personalities 30 years ago, I wouldn't dare speak of you on my show, nor would you have me on yours. That just shows the level of respect that you have to your craft, but also you're giving the your your listeners the best experience that they could have, which I thank you. I'm so humbled that you guys have asked me on because what, you guys are my heroes. Well, I'll tell you what, Adam, we appreciate that. We only got about 30 seconds left, so I do want to thank you uh, for taking time out of your schedule uh, for being on with us. We'll definitely have you on again, and uh, I would uh, and I and I would love to do uh, your podcast as well, and I can. Uh, uh, I can either uh, bring your ratings all the way up or bring them all the way down or keep them in the middle, <laughs> whatever it works. But we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, and you're awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. And, again, if you guys aren't listening right here to this show, I don't know what you're doing. It's the best thing around. Thank you guys for having me. And, uh, yeah, according to it's across the board, come uh, give me a follow, subscribe. Uh, awesome. Thanks, bud. Thank you. All right, Adam Woods, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got to get we got to get out of here. Uh, be checking out our Facebook page uh, for uh, uh, who's going to be on next. We got a big show next week. Is uh, until then, uh, we'll see you next Monday night, eighty nine point one Kansas FM, a uh, nine p.m. to eleven p.m. Love each other. Be safe. And as always, we'll see you next week. You think you know me?
You better 